I basically train them. I sit together, whether it's in a coffee shop or do it on, on Zoom or whatever, and I, I t- teach them the basics, essentially. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club Nation. It is Sarah Larby and my co-host, Alfonso Salemi. And uh, we've got some really awesome things going on. Um, Alfonso, before we uh, we start and talk about our guest and uh, the awesomeness, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Sarah. You know what? It's 2020. We're uh, you know, at this point, almost a full week into the new year and some big things that are planned uh, in the new year. Exciting from from the right club the online community is uh, just about to take off and like it's like i think do you remember when we went skydiving this is like when we were waiting on the ground for like the plane to come and we had the jumpsuits on and we were all there and we didn't know what the hell was gonna happen or yeah, and the plane wasn't starting really well and it was like having some trouble and we were like should we actually get on this plane yeah exactly <laughs> like it's almost like that feeling but then you know what everything like most of the time, it works out or you find a way to make it work out. And we're super pumped to to uh, to bring it to the Right Club Nation. So many yeah. cool tools, knowledge, forums, and really access to uh, to, to us, to the, the Right Club Nation, to all the amazing people in their community, our, our, our pro add-ons that have, like, it's your, your whole power team. Everything that you need is at your fingertips. Like, if we haven't thought of it, let us know, because I think we've thought of a lot of things. So uh, that's super pumped. Uh, yeah. How about you? What's going on in this? Uh... But I was going to say, before we go into that, you know, by the time that this airs, the actual online community will be open and available. Yes. And, and you guys can, at this point in time, as you're hearing this, go online and check it out. So super excited. Let us know what you think. For me, I mean, you know what? I'm working on finding land and and uh, land to develop with the uh, real estate empresses and the, I'm uh, working through my Burlington live-in burr getting some Airbnb stuff going but uh, yeah super excited but you know I am really excited to introduce our guest today Brady McDonald who is married to Christy McDonald so you guys might uh, have seen them present together they're both uh, very very successful investors investing together with over a hundred properties and they just started in 2000 and 15. So that is a very quick scaling up, you know, I love it. And I love seeing that, that within a short period of time, they took that jump and there's like, there's no looking back. When I was really young, I got this story, like when uh, in our high school was Celtic and a Celtic is like a Viking. And what Vikings used to do is burn the ship. So it's when they'd go and they'd go to an Island, they'd go and either conquer the Island or die. Right. Because they had no ship to retreat. And like when you're going at that rate and you're scaling at that level, there is no retreat. You're going, you're figuring things out. You're uh, you're awesome. So it's amazing to see what him and uh, Brady and Christy have been able to do and scale up and so much wisdom. I'm really excited to get to the podcast. I think the Right Club Nation is going to really like this one. If you do, please rate, review and enjoy this podcast, guys. Brady, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. How are you? Very good. Very good. So you've already spoken at the Right Club stage and uh, we were just so blown away. We wanted to have you come and also share with our Right Club Nation coast to coast uh, a little bit about what you've done and your experience and your knowledge. So can you tell the audience, the Right Club Nation, a little bit about your background and uh, your, your current real estate strategy? Yeah, sure. First off, hi, Right Club Nation. 
Yeah, so we started investing. So my background, let's go back a little bit before pre-investing. So I grew up in Owen Sound, small town in Ontario, 17 years old, went to college and uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do. But my parents were like, you get out of the house, you go figure this thing out, right? So anyway, long story short, I, I, I actually, between first year, second year, I landed a job with Hyper One. After talking, I met a guy, I was spraying houses actually between Sarnia and Owen Sound, staying at the Sarnia College dorm, dorms in, in, the, uh, in the summer. And I sprayed this one guy's house and, and he's like, oh, what you know, I asked him what he did. He had a cute van and, and he's like, oh, I work for Blue Water Power. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I've been trying to get onto this power company, Hydro One. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, you know, what are you doing tonight? He's like, would you like to come and have dinner with me and my family? I'd be like, that's great. Like I'm six, 17, 18 years old at the time, right? And anyway, he photocopied my resume, sent it to everybody he knew. And three weeks later, I got a job with Hydro One. So from there, I, was, I worked for forestry. I was, I was a laborer. And then I went through the four-year apprenticeship with Hydro One. I became a utility arborist. And then when I finished my arborist apprenticeship, I became an instructor. So I started teaching the four-year apprenticeship program. And then I started running a training center in Barrie. So that's, that's where I ended up in about year 2014. Uh, we were just looking for something more. You know, I was about 12 years into my career and kind of at the peak of my, you know, my, the ceiling of where I thought I could get. You know, with, and you're kind of limited. Those types of corporate jobs can kind of limit your, you know, where you can go, obviously. There's a lot of politics involved, et cetera. So we were starting to look for thing, other things to do. And anyway... So we were looking at buying storage units, uh, we are looking at buying franchises, that type of thing. And then one day, Christy, my wife, she's a real estate appraiser at the time, and she did an appraisal for a, a, a fellow named Andrew Brennan, which you guys probably know that name. Yes, he's a well-known investor as well in the community. Yeah, so he was at that time, he had 80, 88 uh, doors. So, uh, you know, when I did the math, it was 44 duplexes, for an example. And uh, Christy's like, so, you know, started the conversation off, like, I recognize you. What do you do? And he's like, oh, this is what I do full time. She's like, oh, how many properties do you have? And he says, and she's like, oh, I'm blown away. She's like, my husband's going to love to talk to you. So he came out or she came out, told me, I'm like, I did the math. And I'm like, 44 properties, you know, valued at this equals this. How much cash flow, how much mortgage pay down, how much appreciation. It was just like a light bulb went off. Right. So we started our education road. Spent about a year in 2014 educating ourselves. 2015, we were starting to take action. So we refinanced two properties, our primary residence. And, and Christy and I had two other properties. And it was kind of by chance uh, that we had, like, it was my primary residence before I met her. And then she actually had an income property. But we just ran it like a nonchalant thing. It was just, you know, they just had them. They just kind of were there. So we figured out, okay, we're going to refinance primary residence, refinance one of these properties. And we came up with 150000 and so we bought a house, we renovated it into a duplex, we refinanced it, and it was, it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying, because really we didn't know what we were doing. We, at that point, there was no like real second suite program. It was on the verge of that, right? So it was super scary, not a whole lot of comps and, and stuff to really determine after value. But anyway, so we got through, we got all of our renovation money back at refinance, and a large portion of our down payment were like, okay. Perfect strategy pick. You know, we just kept on recycling the, the money with the exact same strategy. Buy, convert to a second suite, refinance, rent, repeat. And I guess it's, yeah, almost, well, four and a half years later, we've done about 100 properties or over 100. We've purchased our 100 now. We did it. Amazing. That's Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know what, that is, that is so cool. That, and, and I love how you are just like, you're so succinct with it. You just now like, 
it's so easy to say, but when you were working in Hydro One or working your way up through there, did, did you ever think that when you're up there cutting down trees, moving them out of the way for that, you thought, you know what, I got to worry about going to work tomorrow or I don't get paid or the work the next day, right? And I want the, like, the right club leash, really like let that soak in because Brady now is sitting there confident. Yeah, 100 properties, you know, laid back, very humble, but that that ain't easy. Okay, so excuse my language, but that shit ain't easy, and it takes it takes courage, and it takes that, <laughs> right? It it takes it takes courage to do that. So maybe like I, I love the numbers, the refinance, how you're the technical stuff, but what was it that like maybe that like that intangible thing or that said that I'm I'm gonna go and do it? Well, what was it for you for for you? Well, initially, like we were looking for something else, right? And and like I I do have that drive. I I have a hard time sitting still, regardless. So you know, I had that drive within me, but, and then that want, that goal, right? So have, having, you know, knowing where you want to be or having, you know, having that vision board, having that, that ideal life in your, in your mind and knowing where you want to be really helps you get there, right? So we, we, in 2015, we actually created a dream board and uh, it had the big boat and the pool in the backyard that had movie nights, it had, you know, traveling and it had giving back, it had all these different things, right? So when we started it, it was, you know, it was kind of like, you didn't really know where you're going. You just knew that it was a good thing. And, and now my goal is huge. But when we started, our goal was originally our goal after we did the first one, our goal was to do was to do one initially. Okay. We did that. Then it's like, okay, we know, we, we know we can do this now. We just proved one property. Once you've done one, you've proved to yourself, you can do it. Right. Okay. What's your next goal? So then we set our next goal at 12 properties. We thought we'd be done at that, at that. We thought that would probably take four years and, and ultimately, and then and within a year and uh, a year and a quarter, we had 12. So, I mean, I think goal setting is really important. And, and once you can do, if you can do one, you can do as many as you want. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so just a question, cause you, you've done this and you've done this really quickly. I mean, it's four and a half years later and you've got a hundred properties you probably made mistakes along the way and learned stuff along the way and readapted your processes along the way. But somebody that's listening and they're thinking, okay, well, you know what? I, I started in 2015 and I only have two or three properties. How did you really scale to that level? Like how did you get that 12 in a year and a half? Was it JVs? Was it, you know, tell us about that. Yeah. Great question. So we, so we, we took that $150,000, we registered Pete, we scaled, we reused the money until we almost ran out. We got to five properties with that money. So the strategy really helped to get to that number of deals. Before we ran out of money, we started offering our services to joint venture partners. So exactly what you said. And ultimately that's how we've gotten to where we are today by partnering with people, right? And making win-win situations and you know, basically everybody can get to their goal faster, quicker, and easier. Okay, so joint venture partners is by far one of the huge aspects. So the other way we were able to really scale quickly was hiring people. So obviously we were working full-time jobs, uh, Christy and I, up until 2017. So for two years, two and a half years of our investing career, we were working full-time jobs. At that point, when I, when I stopped working full-time, I believe we had about 30 properties in our portfolio. Now we had sold a bunch, like just flips, duplex conversion flips, but we still, we, there's no way we could have done that by ourselves. Right. So, you know, I like the saying that you could never, you can never do anything great alone. Right. So there's one aspect, obviously Christy and I, we work well together and so we can kind of divide and conquer. So that is really, I think a big reason why we've been able to get to where we are. 
but also hiring people. So we've got a large staff now, but right from property number, so we had our first two properties, but property, say number, property number two, from when we started to actually make this a business, we started, we hired a contractor and the rule was that the contractor worked 40 hours a week on our jobs. So that, and then I was, you know, at the, on the weekends I was doing, you know, and every night I was there helping make sure the materials are there and I was working every weekend. So that was the first, the second intentional property. The third one, we actually hired my brother full time. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done. I mean, just like anything you do new, it's scary, right? But you just have to forge through it. You think it and you, like, you know that if, as long as you have enough work, it's going to be okay, right? So we hired him and then the next property, so he worked alongside another subcontractor and then the next property, we hired another person as a laborer. And, and ultimately that's really how we've been able to scale is because we do, we do all this stuff in house, but hiring and empowering people is, you know, a large part of our success. And, and the team is, the team we have is amazing. They're dedicated. And, and I mean, all that, th- all that type of thing helps, but those would be my, uh, uh, my answer to that question. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, we're big believers in teams as well. And you're like, it's important to surround yourself with those experts that can guide you along the way. But, you know, I want to take a, a moment because you mentioned joint ventures and I don't know if we really ever dug into it in any of our podcasts, but there's pros and cons to joint ventures. And I'm just curious, like, how did you come up with the criteria of like who you want to work with and like your approach to them specifically? How did that all work out from, from the beginning? If you can walk us through that, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. So at the beginning, you know, you don't really know exactly what we were doing, but I would say okay, for the people that are maybe, you know, maybe they've, they've got a couple properties, they know that joint ventures is in their, is in their, whatever the word is like in their future. In their future. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, if you're going to need it, you're going to want to know this stuff. So honestly, I, okay. So this is kind of funny. So I literally just found my notes from before me do, before we started doing in joint ventures. And so what happened was like, okay, we got the strategy, you know, we know we can do this. We, you know, so it's like, okay, I, what we, what I was able to do is, um, Susan White Livermore, you guys know her. So yes, she was, love her. she's awesome. We actually have to have her on our podcast one day too, Alfonso. Yeah, she'd be great. Yeah. So she actually, so she was at the point, at that point, she was a successful real estate investor. I believe she's been investing since 2008. So she's got, she had six years um, of success. And I'm like, and you know, she was, I'm like, okay, who can I talk to just to ask these 10 questions that I have to get me just to kind of like, make sure I know I'm on the right track just to get me over that, that hurdle so I can go. And otherwise it's just like, you're, you're doing it. You're, I feel like that would really plateau you and, and not let you forge forward without having key questions answered. So she was amazing. I took her out for lunch. I answered, I had my questions. She answered them all. I was like, clarity, bam, right? That was, so that's literally what got, I had like, you, you know, you read the books. I mean, it's, it's not very complicated. We do 50-50 JVs where the, the money partner, the, our investors provide all the money for purchase. They provide all the money for renovations and then they qualify for the mortgage independently. Okay, and they hold title solely. We do everything with a joint venture. We have two two agreements and we split everything 50-50. So cash flow is split 50-50. At the end, of we hold these properties for five years or if we flip them, then any profits are split 50-50. The risk is split 50-50 as well. Um, yeah, so our first investor uh, actually found us on Twitter. Now, 
like I didn't realize the importance of social media back then. And like, not until the last year, like if there's anything I can say to anybody, if you want joint venture partners, you've got to be on Facebook. Like you put smear your stuff on Facebook, start talking, let people know what you're doing. But yeah, so he found us on Twitter, had a call, you know, scared. I remember I was working at Hydro One. I was in a hotel somewhere where I was training and I had this conversation with this guy and, you know, he's just asking me all these questions. <laughs> you know, you're nervous as heck. You kind of half know what you're talking about. And at the end of the day, we set up a meeting in Barrie. We did a property tour, which is the same exact same thing we do today. I have initial phone calls. I meet up with them. We do, I basically train them. I sit together, whether it's in a coffee shop or do it on, on Zoom or whatever, and I, I t- teach them the basics, essentially. So what that does is it really knocks down their barriers, right? It gets that, their education up to a point where they, they, they understand the risks. They understand who, you know, that you know what you're talking about, um, and, they, and they understand the types of deals that you're going to take them to or that they might see. Um, and then after that, and they still want to move forward, then I would take them through a, a property or a bunch of properties. It's like many, you know. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right, Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, The house always wins. So now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. Yeah. So, and and you've worked with, and you've worked with a lot of of joint venture partners and, you know, all different types of personalities and and upbringings and and different walks of life, really, that you're dealing with. So maybe like through your experience of the different investors that you've worked with, or even just different scenarios of types of properties or types of investments, like for those people that have never worked with a JV or someone you know that has that, that's done a lot, what's one thing that you absolutely should do, and one thing that you absolutely shouldn't do with with a JV partner? And I'll let you pick with what which one you want. Yeah, to yeah. So you, what you absolutely shouldn't do is just offer deals to random people. You know, like <laughs> okay, like I, I do see this on Facebook, and it's just like, hey, looking for a joint venture for this deal. Like I, I personally think that's the wrong way to go about it. Cause I'm not, so the, what the right, what the thing you absolutely need to do is you need to get to know somebody like personally, you need to understand whether or not like Alfonso and I are going to get along. Alfonso and I are going to be able to agree, disagree, solve problems. You know, if, if you, and it, and you can't do that without like being around each other a bit. Right. You know, like having conversations, digging a little deeper because at the end of the day, if you get into a deal and like, I mean, no, no deal goes perfectly it's, it's as the pro forma says. I mean, sometimes they are better, but it, like there's a, there's a high risk that everything isn't exact. For example, a tenant, you know, maybe it goes perfect for say a renovation and a refi and then all of a sudden a tenant stops paying and there is a loss, right? That you both have to offset. Well, if that person 
isn't going to react well to that. And, you know, they're going to lose their crap or start like distrusting you and, and acting weird. Well, that, those are things that you can really determine normally be, before you get into an agreement. So that is the biggest thing. I think that one thing you wouldn't do is just offer deals to anybody before knowing them. And the one I hundred percent would do is try to get them, get to know them as best you can prior to even offering them a deal. And, and it's funny, you know, you joke around and, you know, talking, you know, at right club events or with different investors that your JV partner, you're, you're essentially whatever term that you're signing on that contract, that like you are kind of like marrying them or they're, that's a bond, right? So you need to have that like long-term view of, okay, it's not just about getting to close, right? It's about, okay, what is the long-term plan of this project, of this relationship? Are we going to do multiple down the road? And it's building that trust right from the beginning. And knowing each other's character is so important and, and understanding different things where, you know, sometimes strengths and weaknesses, obviously the financing is a big part, right? But, uh, but also I love how you said that you're, you're educating them as well along the way, right? Cause a lot of people oh, are just trying to sell me this deal. Well, no, it's like, we see it, we have the lens or we have like that, that vision to see that, that go through. Cause you have done it. Now it's showing them like you, you can't show them right off the bat, all the goodness, you got step by step to get there the same way all of us, all started yeah, there. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that's a great point. Are you signing like any letters of intent or anything like that before you go and look for a deal for that JV? So I do have a letter of intent. We've never actually signed it. So normally what we do is, I mean, I wouldn't recommend this for like for most people, but what we've done is because we've always had, let's go back to the first five properties. We, we you know, we were, we had enough money after those first five to do and always had enough to do another one. So always had enough money to, to close on the next one. So what I've always done is buy is negotiate the deal, remove all the conditions, do the home inspection, and then I offer it to an investor. So in my mind, this would probably impose risk on some people for sure. So I wouldn't recommend doing this if you can't close on it personally. But what it does is it does give a vote of confidence that regardless of whether I find an investor or not, it's a good deal for me. So if it's a good deal for me, it's a good deal for my investor. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a good point. So, and the other thing I want to mention, and I know Alfonso probably has some questions too, because this is really quite interesting. You mentioned that there's two contracts, right? Because they're on title and then there's a separate contract. What are you signing for those that are wondering, what are these two contracts? Yeah, good question. So I, I don't know, everybody does this, but so we have two joint venture agreements. One is, is maybe is one that you'd likely see from a lawyer. So it's, um, it's, it's it's like the seven page document talk it's lawyer talk right so if i die what happens if you die what happens if we disagree what happens like you know how does this thing get sold talks about taxes and you know all the legal stuff right and then in that agreement it says that we will agree to um forget exactly the clause but it's something to do with management responsibilities or something from time to time in writing so what we do is we do a side agreement and the side agreement is it's it's i write it like in a piece of paper and it's in layman's terms um, and it basically says that you know party a agrees with party b the following terms that cash flow will be split, split quarterly that the intent of the property is to buy it as a single family home convert it to a duplex triplex or whatever or flip it if we're going to assume like a three percent vacancy five percent maintenance those things are clearly identified in that document so it's more like particulars to that uh, specific deal where the big agreement, the way we've got it set up is that if, as long as the intent of the property is the same, so like if, if our strategy was only to flip and I, and one of our investors had three deals with us, then that main agreement from the lawyer would be good for all three. And then what we would do is do a separate side agreement for each 
particular deal because you may even agree or you may negotiate certain particulars like if the cash flow is really high, then maybe it does make sense. Like maybe it was a larger building, maybe a biplex or something like that, and the cash flow is high. Well, it may make sense to split the cash flow monthly, right? Yeah. Now, are, are they all like pass, more passive investors? Yeah. So, I mean, so whether or not we flip is, is kind of determined by what we, you know, what we intend to do. And, and also it's, it's dependent on the confidence of investors at the time. There was times, for, well, for example, right now we're holding everything. Last year we held, we probably held three quarters, sold a bunch. In 2018, no, 2000, so yeah, 2018, 2017, when it crashed or while it, when it flattened out, we sold a lot, right? There was just because the investors didn't want to hold. Like they were kind of fearful. So, I mean, you kind of have to play depending on the market, right? And then it also depends on your cash, personal cash flow and, you know, your goals. So, but before we enter into a joint venture, I basically determine the terms of like, if I'm going to buy and hold this one or if I'm going to flip it, and then I offer it to somebody. And it sounds like you have those, those exit strategies um, kind of in place that, you know, you can't predict everything. Nobody has that crystal ball. But if in certain situations or likely situations occur, then you have, okay, this is option A, option B, option C. And and nobody and no investor that I've met in any type of investment, real estate or otherwise, right? Or you're going to look to lose money, right? So you're trying to find how you're mitigating that risk and, and what those, the way you buy the property, right? And how you handle that kind of stuff. So maybe talk to a couple of things about some exit strategies or everybody that proverbial that the sky falls type of stuff, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So here's a question. What if somebody, for example, wants to hold after your five to seven year term? Like, do you guys have something where you discuss it and you say, okay, we're going to keep holding for longer? Or do you have a point where you refinance and then your investor gets his down payment back and then you guys hold like, wait, is there an ever a strategy where it's reversed? So rather than saying we're going to sell, rather than do that, we're going to keep it longer because your investor wants to stay in the deal. Yeah. So it's totally, at the, at the end of the five years, all we're doing all we're asking in the agreement is to show intent that we're going to hold it for five years. Okay. So it strictly says that we intend to do this. There's nothing that hold the, hold them in for five years. At the end, it also says right underneath that, that both parties can agree to mutually extend it. So I would expect like we're coming up on five years. So all of our first JVs will be, you know, we'll be kind of having those discussions shortly. And I expect that we're, we're going to hold them all going forward. So at that point, what we would do is do a new side agreement, right? For a new intent, because the main agreement doesn't really address length of time because, so that's kind of what we expect. So I'd, I'd expect most of it's going to be held, but at the end of the day, so when I talk about, we're not holding anybody into an agreement, they are flexible. So life situations come up with anybody. It could be me, it could be our investor. And so at three years, if, if they say, okay, you know, life change, we're going to liquidate and move down to wherever, well, then that's their decision, right? So we have had over, you know, the entire time, two people that have got out of the deals prior to, and both for different reasons. And, you know, it's not a big deal. It's okay. We go through, we go through the property, take a look at it, basically do a home inspection, fix all the stuff that's not perfect and sell it. And, you know, you split, you give them, gives your uh, investor back their remaining investment and then split the profits. Carry on. Right on. And okay. So I got, I got a, a little bit of an off, uh, off topic question. Out of all the different projects that you've worked on, you know, now you're getting over a hundred projects outdoors and stuff like that. Which one was your like, just favorite one that would sticks out or is there one that kind of sticks out to say, 
man, if I could have more like, you know, one, two, three streak, I would do those. And why? Yeah. And why? Yeah. Okay. So probably more recently, like we've, we've landed a couple really good deals. Um, like, so yeah, there's probably two right now that, so, and I can't believe it hasn't, it's happened now considering the price points and stuff that, that about uh, properties are at. But so we recently bought a, a abandoned house for 272000 And then actually right around the corner, at the exact same time, we bought a hoarder's house for 290000 So these properties- And this is in Owen Sound? This is in Barrie. In Barrie, okay. Yeah, so we invest in Barrie primarily, and then we're also uh, we're active right now in Aurelia. But yeah, so this is in Barrie. And uh, so, I mean, this place, literally going in with masks, because it's like abandoned, there's no power. We, we learned after it closed that there's no power. Like mold and water, like, you know, there's just all the rains going right into the basement. And the basement was full of stuff right to the roof. So that house, yeah, we ended up doing $134,000 renovation on it, refinance it, got all of our money back. Like, like basically broke even perfect. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if you could have more of those, that would be, you know, ideal. Yeah. And broke even perfect. You mean you're getting your down payment plus all your reno and holding costs. Just if there's anybody that's wondering what does break even mean, I don't want to do it for nothing, but you literally, that means that you have none of your own money left in the deal. So it'd be like a perfect burr, which they don't always happen. Yeah. They don't happen very often. I mean, yeah, I do see some people it's like, well, you know, this is what I'm looking for. I'm like, that, that's like, that's a unicorn. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. We, we, out of the hundred, I can tell you right now, we've probably done it maybe seven, six or seven times. So that's, that's a very low ratio. Often they require a second refinance after a year yeah. or two. And, and, that's, that and that's, I think the other important thing to remember too, is if, if you look at even real estate investing, like as, as a baseball season or, or a baseball game, if you're going up there to try to hit a home run every single time, I think that the, the motto is you're going to strike out more often than hit a home run. Right. So if you're just trying to hit those, you know, those solid investments where you see that they're in solid areas, you've done it before, you have the comps and backs it up. It's going to get you there. It's just that patience to, to get you through there. Like Sarah said, like a second refinance in, in the future, right? Where you had to wait for that. But again, the same result at the end, you have your, all your money out, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and honestly, like now, now that I'm thinking about this a little bit more, like, I mean, those at this, like after these, we've done so many deals, you kind of get a little bit numb to it. But like when I actually look back and the ones that I'd be most proud of would be the first few that were the most difficult because then they're the most difficult because you, you, you know, you, you haven't done it, right. You're learning along the way you're doing renovations. You're dealing with inspectors. You're, you know, there's expectations that they have and you likely don't know them all. And the processes are new and they're scary. And it's like that learning curve at those first few properties you know, getting through those successfully, learning the lessons, those are honestly probably the ones I'm most proud of. And, you know, and those are also the time where you're, you know, you're implementing your systems in your business. You're, you know, at least we were hiring staff. Like there's, that is such a, a, a strong learning curve. And I mean, for anybody to pick away at getting through those first few deals, like though, and you, once you, your first one's going to be the hardest, second one's going to get easier by the third one, it'd be like, you, you'll figure out that you've got it. So yeah, absolutely. And then, and then they kind of like become boring over time in the nicest possible way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, and, and, yeah. you know what? And, and I, I want to thank you, Brittany, because I'm, I'm in the midst of kind of doing my own like first personal birth and you can ask Sarah and a bunch of friends that we, we've been talking about and I've been going back and forth like with the rent to owns like you said numb is is the perfect word for it because I'm just like yeah no problem yeah. I understand that get that in. now that I'm going through that myself and looking at drawings and, and rental costs and timelines and inspectors and I'm like oh my god right and I'm getting that like stomach ache yeah. feeling right but 
again, I look to people like yourselves and Sarah and so many others that have gone through that, done it, and it's following that process and trusting that. I think even when you when you first said that you know you went to different people and you mentioned Susan and and other people that you went to that had walked that path, it's a little less scary, oh. right? We're not alone out there, guys. You know that's the cool part is that there's amazing people like Brady that have done over 100 properties. Sarah is still crushing it and teaching people how they can do it themselves, right? And we get wrapped up in that that we got to figure it out all on our own because it's like that 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 thing that well we can't do it, but like you said, nothing uh, amazing has ever been achieved on your yeah. own, right? So, and even if you do, then who are you celebrating with when you do achieve it, right? You got to have that that those people around you that that bring you up. Yeah. yeah. So, so thank you so much for uh, yeah for sharing that and and that story. Like it's true because you do forget that after a while. Yeah. So the next part of our podcast, I mean, we can keep talking to you about so many things and we'll probably have to bring you back at some point because you've got some amazing like ways of your processes and all your procedures of how you're, you're dealing with all of these properties, but it is time for our lightning round. So Brady, we're going to ask you a series of four questions and uh, you're going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. I just wanted to take a quick moment here. It is Sarah Larby and I'm here with Laurel Simmons and we have some really exciting news for you. And we heard you, we heard your emails and we are going to be bringing you Right Club Nation online, coast to coast, accessible at any time of day. And you can be in your pajamas like I am right now and you can access our great contents. And what is going to be that content, Laurel? Well, we have videos, recordings of live events that we've held. We have webinars. We have, we'll have our podcast information up there. We'll have uh, forums and chat groups and all kinds of things. You'll even be able to find services and products that you need in your neighborhood, local for you, because we know how important it is that you have your local team with you. We're going to be rolling things out very quickly. And as we start, you'll see more and more stuff come along. And we really want you to join and become part of our online community. Absolutely. This is the first, and in my opinion, it was going to be the best Canadian online community of real estate investors and like-minded individuals. So guys, come and grow with us. Join our online community, register, and come and say hi and check out the amazing things. Yeah, and all you have to do is go to therightclub.com and you'll find us there. It's easy to register, it's free, and hop on. We can't wait to see you there. Guys, come and grow with us. And now, back to the show. All right, question number one. Brady, what is the best advice that you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? So the best advice I would have to say would be when we still go back to that conversation with Susan, and it was not necessarily just one piece of advice. It was just, it was just like answering those questions, tick tock, tick tock. So honestly, I think that I can't remember exactly the questions. I do have them written down, like I said, but just whatever she said gave me the most clarity I've ever had in my real estate uh, educational process. It goes down to networking, right? Because if you weren't networking, you wouldn't have met her. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So question number two, the lightning round. What is your favorite real estate investing resource? Uh, favorite real estate investing resource? Um, networking. And right now, I would say Facebook groups. The Right Club is honestly solid, right? If we get, if like those, like your, your guys' groups, I'm, gonna, I'm not saying this just because I'm on your podcast, but 
like you guys have, you know, the day that we were there speaking, how many different people did you have at that speaking and how many different opinions and, and viewpoints and stuff like that is invaluable when it's 20 minutes, bam, 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 you're getting full of knowledge, but honestly the networking is key. So I think the networking is the most important having that ability to you create, you know, if I meet Alfonso at some event, right. And I'm in a problem. I know something that I need to about rent to owns. Who am I going to go to? Right. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Question number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? Probably the, I mean, this probably my answer would change depending on just my stage and like what I've recently heard and learned. But honestly, I think it's my ability to always think I'm going to win. Like my mindset, I, if I'm not, if I'm going to do it, I feel like I'm going to win. And otherwise, and that's what makes you make like give 110% because you're going to win. Like, why wouldn't you give 110%? If I was going to, I was going to go play, I don't know, squash or something. I know I'm not going to win, right? It's just going to be fun for me whacking this ball around. Bad example, maybe. But honestly, if I think I'm going to win, I'm going to give 110%. If I'm going to give 110%, I'm going to win. And that's it. And, and that belief, it's having that belief that you can do it to, to get anything yeah. done. So, all right. Last question of the lightning round. So we're recording this. It's a Monday night. But our question of the lightning round. On a Sunday morning, what are you doing? Sunday morning, what am I doing? Uh, working. So what I do every morning, just because I, so if I, if I get up early, then I don't get in trouble for working. So as long as Christy's still in bed, it's okay. So that's what I do. <laughs> Wake up, have my coffee. And like, I'm all, you're always working towards something. So, you know, that, you know, that two or three things that you can check off your list every day gets you closer to your goal. So that's honestly what I'm doing every, every morning is grab my coffee. I don't care what day of the week it is. Cause honestly, it's at this point, it's, it's fun. It's not a job to me. Anything I can do today is going to help tomorrow and and help me five and 10 and 15 years from now. So I'll do that until my daughter wakes up and then, you know, we start our Sunday. All right. Very cool. So Brady, if our listeners, our Right Club Nation wants to reach out and know more, where can they go? Okay. So we actually just started a Facebook group. So that is going to be one of our main sources to get a hold of me if you want to, and like pick my brain a little bit more. So we've just started this. It's the nail and scale multi-unit real estate investors Facebook group. So that's probably the best place. So we just launched this. It's free. And it's all about creating a community where there's going to be investors in this community that can answer the questions that you have that have already done it, been there, done it. Right. It's a motivational free group. So yeah, that would be probably the best place. Otherwise, personally, you can uh, email me, Brady, B-R-A-D-Y at B-K-R-E-I.ca. My cell phone number, if you want that, 705-795-1140. That's how to get a hold of me. That's awesome, guys. And uh, any other last words of advice or anything that you want to say to the Right Club Nation? Yeah, honestly, I think it's just like the biggest tip I could could have would lead to what I said about Sunday. Like if you got, well, it's all about goals, right? You have your goals, create your vision, and then go backwards from your goals and figure out, okay, what little thing can I do today to get me closer to my goal? If it's like literally like reading one chapter in a book or listening to a quarter of a podcast, do that. It takes 15 minutes. You can do 15 minutes every day and it's going to get you closer to where you want to be. That's it. 15 minutes a day. You get to your goals. Awesome. Well, Brady, thank you so much for being on our podcast and uh, sharing your insights and your knowledge. It was great having you. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate that. Awesome. Thanks, Brady. Okay. Thanks, Alfonso. Wow. Brady is just like 
full of energy, loves what he does, wakes up early not to wake up his wife and kids so that he can work more and doesn't get in trouble for working. That that uh, that was a, a really cool uh, interview. What did you like? What did you take away from that? Yeah, I really liked the just we we got to dig in a little bit into the JV and how the agreements are put together on his end. And it's, it's some great insight. I mean, and every single podcast is just like little tidbits more of information and, and right club nation. If you're listening to these podcasts and you haven't listened to all of them, go back because everybody, every single person on the show has brought some really great insights and information. And so has Brady. And I, I think they're just doing amazing. Like we're going to have to have them come on our, at our stage at some point and Christy as well. And I think at the end of the day, they're just humble, accessible people that you can ask questions and they're able to share answers and guys hop on that Facebook group. It looks awesome. Absolutely. The man gave out his cell phone number, guys. Like, listen, <laughs> like that's amazing. Make sure you rewind that, listen to that again. And like, that's again, well, I, I would talk about this all the time. Like, I think why yourself, Sarah, me, Daniel, Laurel, why this right club really where what, the roots, like the, the real, the roots of why this started was just to help more people. If we can help one person just get closer to their goal by telling a story, by hearing a story, by saying, I didn't know anything. I had 10 questions. I went for lunch. I answered these questions and checked it off. Maybe you have a hundred, but you, you know, find 10 people then that ask 10 questions each or a hundred, one question each. At the right club, you should be able to find more than a hundred people for sure. So, and on the online community, you'll be able to find that too. That's what it is. It's that support to get you to that next step, whatever that is for you, whatever that goal is. We're not by ourselves. You don't have to do this. I think that's what he talked about as well is you have to have that team. You have to have those people in different parts and different times, right? Like you don't need a painter when you're digging the foundation of a house. But eventually you will need the painter. So don't like, don't talk, not talk to painters if you're building it, you know? So it's like putting <laughs> all that, all those parts together. And uh, I get really inspired and I really love doing this, Sarah. I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough. Like it's, it's coming on. More. It's <laughs> I feel over like you say that all the time. You're, you're cool now. You don't have to, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the constant energy and, and, and the inspiration that it gives me in, in my own business, in my day-to-day -day life, seeing just, you know, like you said, normal, humble, amazing people just doing amazing things. and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to keep doing this for years and years and interviewing amazing people and then it inspires us to do amazing things. That's it. Amazing. Well, on that note, guys, thank you, Right Club Nation, for being amazing. And uh, until next week, come and grow, come with, grow us. with us. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.